it's it's awesome opportunity that we have to serve the Lord in church music, and it's an awesome opportunity, isn't it? Um, the uh, there's a young lady who um, uh, went to West Coast Baptist College for a year. She's a graduate of Lancaster Baptist School, and she's studying um, music at uh, Antelope Valley College. And I got to go hear her play on Saturday night. And what's even more exciting to me than hearing her play a concert with her orchestra, though, okay, and she's got great ability, is to hear her play on Wednesday nights at church. And uh, there's a difference playing for people and playing for the Lord, isn't there? And um, it's a blessing to hear her, to be able to do both and have the skills and obviously, um, the Bible doesn't condemn, okay, doing things for the fact of entertainment. I just don't find that anywhere in the scriptures. And sometimes we do things to entertain ourselves. And sometimes we just uh, have to break away and maybe go, go spend some time with family and do something entertaining. But um, there's, a, there's a sacred and holy calling and trust that comes with worshiping the Lord. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It is directed a little more towards the, uh, the offertory uh, special. But, but really, I think you could just apply this to special music in general. And church music. So let's have a word of prayer, and then after that, we'll get started. You all have an outline? Awesome. Great. Okay, well, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for the day, Lord, and we thank you for your many blessings. Lord, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have to uh, dive into your word for a little bit, and Lord, look at some concepts and uh, some uh, principles regarding worship today, and I pray that you just uh, be with me as I teach this afternoon. I pray that you give us understanding, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, first of all, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 33, 3, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Then in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12, the Bible says, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church while I sing praise unto thee. Um, in introduction, we'll talk about just the, the difference between entertainment and worship. And uh, as I said before, we've, we've already pointed out the fact that worship is directed to the Lord. What is entertainment directed to or centered around? Somebody just speak out. What's entertainment directed to you? People, right? Okay, so you go to a, you go to a theme park, entertain. Um, and, you know, there are times... Uh, how many of you have ever been at a church service where maybe there was a skit involved? Okay. Um, how many of you have been involved in a church skit? Okay. So I'm not telling you that you're a sinner for being involved in a church skit. Okay. And if you've been around me for any length of time, you know I like to cut up a little bit. All right. So we're talking about the, the purpose of church music and really the purpose of an offertory. Um, what's another difference between uh, entertainment and worship? Someone raise your hand and tell me, just an introduction. I feel like for, especially uh, for those of you who study music for a little bit or you're, you're, you're uh, familiar with the Bible, Bible principles of music, um, you would be able to pretty easily answer these questions. What's the difference between entertainment and worship? Good, okay, so one pleases man, one pleases God. What's something else? Atticus, what you got, man? You're not Atticus. I'm sorry. Who is that over there? Zach. I'm sorry, Zach. All right, Zach. You don't know. Okay. Don't know the difference between entertainment and worship. BJ, what you got, man?
Yeah, there's definitely a pattern for worship in the Bible. We see a pattern for worship. Um, needs it needs to be appropriate. Uh, the uh, you know, and and as far as as you say, Christ honoring, that's what it's all about. You know, and um, with the uh, the seeker sensitive church movement, sometimes you see churches who are just trying to please men and and what people like when they enter into a worship service. Whereas this is something that's very sacred. It is definitely set apart. Um, can um, a worshipful time, uh, is, is the worship only done by the performer, yes or no? No, it's not. I heard someone comment, in, in Lancaster Baptist, we do, I mean, a lot of different uh, methods in which we'll try to spread the gospel with music in a lot of different ways that we um, worship the Lord. One way is, uh, how many of you were at the Good Friday service? If you were the Good Friday service, it was like a singspiration. I mean, we sang for a long time. In fact, poor brother guy, he had to sing a lot with the congregation and turn around and sing a solo, sing with the congregation. There was a lot of singing involved. Um, and everyone was singing. And, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's easy for us uh, to worship the Lord when we're singing ourselves. But how many of you have ever had a time and experience with the Lord when you knew it was a, uh, like a God moment and you were listening to someone play or sing? You ever had that before? I know I have. Um, so, uh, you know, on Sunday, for instance, Sunday morning, the service was a totally different structure than what we normally do on Sunday mornings. And it was more of a prepared program that we had prayed over. Um, there was some uh, scripture involved that Brother, Brother Guy would uh, read between a couple of the songs. But most of it was just the choir and the orchestra, maybe a few solos. That was a little bit of a different format, but in the same light, it was directed towards the Lord. And uh, we've got to be careful just to keep the priority straight. Um, when we're performing music, and uh, really, I believe it comes back to heart. You know, uh, though there are many churches represented in this room, okay, and probably many philosophies of music, uh, I hope that you have a biblical philosophy, okay? And even you uh, playing or singing in church or helping uh, helping the, uh, the, the, the church members to prepare, you know, we're not... We tell the choirs, and I tell the high school choir, and Brother Guy tells the, the church choir, and Brother Tyler with the college choir. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for him. That's the reason. Um, we're doing it for him. So, number one, um, after the number one, uh, heart of worship. A heart of worship. It all comes back to a heart. Okay, if a heart's in the right place, and a heart truly desires to worship the Lord, um, there are a few things that will be evident. Um, number one, ask the Lord to create in you a pure heart. You know, when we bef- come before Him in, in, uh, in, in praise and adoration and song, we should come before Him with a pure heart. Uh, we'll have a time of prayer with the high school musicians before they go out to sing because, uh, you know, typically today, and, and I know when I was a teenager, sometimes it's just a lot easier for those teenagers. It's just easy for us to be in the flesh, isn't it? And I want to teach them, hey, when we get up there, we don't want to be in the flesh. Just because you have good harmony doesn't mean it's pleasing to the Lord. Okay? Um, there's more than that. And, you know, that, that we want to prepare it with excellence. Hey, that's great. But we want to prepare that worship the way God wants us to prepare it. Um, you remember Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel offered sacrifice to the Lord. Cain, bring him from the fruits of the ground. I'm sure Cain had worked really, really hard to prepare that. Okay? But it wasn't the type of sacrifice that God required. All right? And in the same way with our worship. Okay, flesh-centered worship, entertaining, um, entertaining in that it's not pleasing, acceptable in the Lord. So ask the Lord to create in you a pure heart. Uh, B. Seek to lift up His name. Seek to lift up His name, and even just in song selection, uh, 
you know, it's, there are times when I'll hear a nice song and I want to play it for offertory, for instance, but I won't pick that song because not a whole lot of people know that song. There are probably plenty of times anyway that I play a song that people may not know or sometimes Brother Guy will ask me to include a song in my prelude that we're learning with the church family. And we'll include that so that people kind of at least already be familiar with the melody. Okay, but in a prepared song, um, and especially one that's instrumental, choose one that the, the folks know the words to. Uh, this uh, afternoon, it was, in fact, it was right afternoon, there's a young lady who I teach piano lessons to in high school, and she was playing a Ron Hamilton song. And I could tell that there were some students in the front sections, especially, who were kind of singing along with the song in their head, because they had heard that song when they were kids. And it was a blessing um, to them. Uh, the name of the song is Long Ago. And so she was playing that song, and sometimes in high school chapel, what we'll do is we'll just, uh, on the screens, we'll put the lyrics to a song. If there's a song that maybe uh, many of the students aren't as familiar with. I don't think you can go wrong with just picking an old hymn for, for an offertory. And ask your pastor about the spirit of the offertory, how he wants it. Does he want it really evangelistic with a lot of energy? Does he want it to be, uh, does it want to be something that's a little more meditative? Okay, and uh, get the, the pastor's heart on, on the, the type of music that you're performing. Um, some of you, your pastor is going to be a little more laid back with that. Pastor Chapel isn't. Um, he's very um, hands-on when it comes to a lot of the special music uh, that we prepare, and especially the offertory music. There, there are certain styles that he likes, even for different services. And we want to be sensitive to that because, you know what, um, he's the man that God has placed as a pastor of this church, and the Lord's allowed him to lead in that, in that way, and I work for him. You know, I want to be a blessing to him. I don't want to be a hindrance to him. Um, but we want to seek to lift up his name. And under that, just really as far as detail, choosing songs um, that are appropriate. Okay? Also choosing songs that are age appropriate. So we talked about the offertory, but just really ap- applying it um, here to special music in general. For children, if, uh, if children are singing a song in church, it should be a song that we've taught them not only the words to and the notes to, but actually the meaning to, Right? Okay, how many of you seen children sometimes sing words that they probably don't know what those words mean? I'm guilty of teaching kids songs like that. Okay, so at least as a director, if you're teaching the children, okay, teach them what the song means. All right, and choose songs that are meaningful for them to sing as well. And it's 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 great, you know, from time to time to have maybe uh, the kids to sing a song that's a little more entertaining but still has a Bible truth. But teach them what worship is. When we sing songs that are directly related to lifting up the name of Christ or speaking to him as we sing. Uh, so seek to lift up his name. C, uh, or B, seek to lift up, up, his name, up, up his name. Excuse me. C, approach the opportunity as an opportunity to edify the church. Edify means to build up and to lift up. And boy, that's what we want to do. We want to lift up the Lord and we want to be an encouragement to the church family. And that's going to really help them. And it's going to prepare the hearts for the preaching. Sure. Uh, for some people, it's going to prepare them for the week. You know? And, and by the way, the only, that, that's not the only purpose of church music is just to prepare the hearts for the preaching. Okay? That, that's a good reason. All right? But it's not the only reason. Okay? And sometimes that can be, if we do it in the wrong way, that can almost be flesh-centered. All right? Just uh, trying to build people up and get them all excited before the pastor comes up. But we've got to be careful about that. Okay, um, but really in everything, keeping Christ at the center, all right, um, with the music that we choose. It may be a song that, that, that you choose to play or sing, and then later throughout the week, someone's singing along with that song just as they're driving down to work, and it's a blessing to them. We'll uh, make a CD, and I think it's usually in the spring, Pastor will have the uh, staff to put together a CD, and we call it the Commuter CD. We have Commuter Sunday, 
and I don't remember exactly the name. I think it is called Commuter Sunday. But um, anyway, on that, he, many times he'll just give out a CD and it'll be some of the church, uh, some of the, the specials we've done in church. Not really recorded with any great quality or anything besides just the church mics, but songs that uh, may have been favorites of him or some others in the church, um, some of the deacons. And he'll just put it on a CD and just give it to them um, so that they can be blessed. And they get, you know, worship isn't limited to just the church service, and it's definitely not just limited to um, the offertory, but songs that can kind of carry over. Um, and then, uh, D, remember that our actions sing louder than our songs. I passed out a poem, and I'm not going to read it today. Um, but the poem was um, by um, E.M. Bartlett, who wrote the song Victory in Jesus. And he talked about, in the poem, um, he talked about the fact that, you know, um, the song isn't a blessing to me if your life isn't a blessing to me. Basically saying, if I see something different in your life that I'm hearing in your song, it's not a blessing. Well, we want to be a blessing. We want to be a blessing to the Lord. We want to bless His name. We want to be a blessing to others. But our lives should back that up. Um, so uh, remember that our actions sing louder than our songs. And then number two, number one, we talked about the heart. Number two, hands of preparation. Hands of preparation. Choose songs that people know the lyrics to. Okay, we talked about that. And then B, ask the question, how can I make this arrangement special and exclusive? Okay, and if it's a piano arrangement um, that's, that's uh, already arranged, that's great. Um, it, it may be that when you're preparing your offertory, try to play more than just the soprano, alto, tenor, and bass out of the hymnal. There should be some preparation. There should be something in that song that sets it apart and makes it special, that makes it worthy to listen to, okay, in quality um, and, the, uh, and in preparation as well. Um, sometimes you don't realize how much goes into a special. For instance, Brother Guy emailed us today, and he asked for the junior high and high school choirs to sing for a particular event. And so I immediately asked back, okay, which night of this special event are they singing? What time? I need a copy of the cue card. And we just started going through all the things that we needed in order just to make that happen. We're talking about the memo that we're going to send out and what time the rehearsals are. There's a room reservation that has to be made for us to do the sound check. And we've got to organize and make sure a sound man's there. The kids have to know what to wear. It has to be sent home in a newsletter. It has to be sent home with a paper memo. We've got to learn the song. We've got to learn the parts. Okay? And then we've got to take attendance of the performance. There are a lot of things that go into that. Okay, so we want to make sure that we do our part to prepare. All right, and uh, in your own program, you want to have the structure, know the structure um, that you need to fulfill and what the pastor wants you to fulfill in order to make that special a success. All right, and some are easier to organize, some are more difficult to organize. Okay, programs are definitely more difficult to organize um, than, uh, than just a single special. One of the uh, members of the choir came to me in the Rebels uh, lobby, and she uh, She's a member of our church, and she's about my mom's age, and, and from time to time she'll take a college class. And she said, Brother Hopkins, and she started talking about how, um, how tired she was from the weekend. She's like, aren't you tired from this weekend? And I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what, I'm, I may be a little bit tired from this weekend, but I tell you, he's really tired. I said, Pastor Chapel's really tired because he's towing the line, okay? He's, he's, he's the leader, okay? And you know it's different leading something than being involved in something. I said, I'll tell you who else is tired, okay? Brother John Guy's tired. All right, he had to rehearse and make sure that choir was ready. There may have been some last-minute adjustments. I know there were between uh, Saturday and Sunday. There was an adjustment that we made on the cue card that was just a little bit different. And he had to remember those things. He had to make sure the transitions were there. Um, make sure the lighting's right. Make sure the sound's right. Okay, um, warm up with the choir. Remember all that scheduling. There was a lot that he had to do that other people didn't have to do. And I believe in the way that he prepared for the program on Sunday, it was a blessing. And I, I know the Lord was pleased with his preparation. You know, he took the time to do it. And a lot of times in music ministry, what you're going to see, okay, just as important and really more important 
then your ability to be able to arrange something or to be able to sing or to be able to play an instrument, I'm telling you, more importantly that is going to be your ability to execute and organize. Okay? There, there, are, there are musicians that are worse than you that can do a much better job if you're not organized. Okay? It can be a train wreck. But we're talking about honoring the Lord and, and bringing before him and, and with the hands of preparation. Okay? To have the heart of worship but the hands of preparation. All right? Make sure that you're organized and you're ready to execute and carry it out. Use a calendar. Okay? Hey, how can you be successful in the area that you lead if you don't use a calendar? Um, don't you think, don't you believe that God's work uh, should be done with more organization and more time and love, more, more love and care than the world's? The music that we prepare ought to be prepared with excellence. Now let's prepare with excellence. Whether you're arranging your own offertory, uh, whether you're helping someone else prepare for a special, it ought to be done with excellence. Um, there ought not be a time, okay, you as far as leading a program, ladies or guys, um, if there's going to be a, a special presented in church, you ought to hear it before it's sung. You say, well, I just think that's, that's just a little bit micromanaging. That's not micromanaging at all. You answer the pastor for that music, right? You ought to hear that special before it's sung or played. Okay? And, and that isn't, that, that's not saying we're meeting man's approval. No, there's a certain standard. By the way, it lets the folks who have prepared know that you're serious about it and that you really care about it. Okay? And that it's not just careless. All right? There ought to be a time of, uh, even for a sound check, if there's a microphone system, or a time that the students can practice in a room that they're seeing, if it's students, okay, or even in a church. Um, there ought to be a sound check. And, and man, sound checks at different times. I remember when Brother Guy started calling sound checks a few years ago, and he said, we're going to do a sound check at 745 every Sunday morning. I'm like, oh, no. I thought 830 was early. I thought starting to pray at 815 was early. And then he started calling sound checks. And we start practicing between 745 and 750. That's early. Okay, and especially after a weekend, that's early on Sunday morning. But I'm telling you, it's been excellent. And it gives people the time to pray. We'll come in about 7.45 and sometimes uh, around 7.40, get there a little bit earlier. There are some of the ushers who are still praying around the auditorium, praying for the services. And the lights are turned down many times at that time. And we're not allowed to practice at the time because there are ushers at Lancaster Baptist who are praying between 7.30, 7.40. And then after that, when they clear out, we start to uh, warm up. We warm up with whoever's there from the orchestra and also the singers. It gives us time to talk over the cue card. Why? Because we don't want to be a distraction. Okay? In worship, we want to get man out of the way. Right? Okay? That doesn't mean that somebody makes a mistake and didn't honor and glorify the Lord. That doesn't mean that at all. But we want to try to eliminate the distraction. And maybe the distraction of a bad, uh, of uh, maybe, maybe part of the song that just wasn't necessary or a repeat. An extra repeat that we didn't need, maybe editing um, some lyrics on a particular song, maybe segueing from one song to the next. Okay, so it's a little bit more seamless. Different details that you can cover, and sometimes just extra time to pray for the service. And so um, it may not be that you need to do a 745 sound check. I think that's pretty extreme. It works for us. Okay, but we've got the set rehearsal times, and probably even need more. All right. Um, so, but we want to represent the Lord in the ministry. And the uh, uh, see represent the Lord, the ministry, and the pastor of the Lord's called you to with excellence. All right, do it with excellence. And then D, be diligent in your practice. Be diligent. Whether it's leading a rehearsal, uh, an ensemble rehearsal, uh, excuse me, a choir rehearsal, a rehearsal with a trio, be consistent with that rehearsal. 
Okay? There are going to be times after church, if you have, for instance, a midweek service on Wednesday or Thursday, and after that you have a rehearsal, there will be times when you just don't want to have a rehearsal. How many of you know what I mean? Or you don't want to go to rehearsal? Okay? I, I've been there a lot, but make sure, it, make sure it happens. Make sure it takes place. Make sure that your group's prepared to sing. Okay? I'd much rather take about 15 extra minutes after church to make sure a special is ready for Sunday than just trying to leave it on Sunday morning. Okay? And the five extra minutes it's going to take just to put together a group text message to remind the singers to be there at a certain time. Okay? It is, it's going to be a lot better than, you, than just weighing on, your, weighing on your mind. Okay? And uh, so be diligent in your practice. Encourage diligence as well. One of our groups was preparing for fine arts, and they may sing in church in the next uh, few weeks when of the ensemble. We're preparing for fine arts, and I told this particular ensemble, I said, you have to turn in 30 minutes of practice every day. You say for ensemble? Yeah. And it was written down on a sheet of paper, and the mom had to sign it. Either that or I had to receive an email uh, from the parent or a text message uh, from the parent's phone stating that, they, that, that the student had practiced 30 minutes, or they were out of ensemble. You say, well, that's kind of mean. Well, you know what? Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm a mean old fuddy-duddy teacher, okay? But we have 45 students in our high school ensembles, and I had to pick 12. So I picked the 12 who I believed really would get that practice done. All 12, 12 of them did, I gave one assignment. I said, all right, here's your assignment. I said, I want you to listen to the song. I want you to sing it in front of the mirror with the recording on your part with the sheet music, and then I want you to practice smiling in your eyes, your, your eyes and your expression. Whoa, that was, that was hardcore. We had time of prayer during rehearsal time, before rehearsal time, after rehearsal time. We would set up times where we would pray, uh, excuse me, pray as, as individuals and then also as a group. Why? We wanted to be ready. We wanted to be a blessing. I'm not just going to use that fine arts time for uh, a time just to show off how well we can sing. You know what? We're preparing for worship, and that's what that's for. Okay? And so, uh, you know, it, it was practice. And, and, and I believe with church music, it's, it's, it's probably a lot different with volunteers in church music than it is for high school musicians. But the teens can be challenged, and they want to be challenged. That group did an excellent job. They were very prepared, but they prepared some on their own as well. Sometimes we'll make uh, practice CDs for those groups, and so they can just take that, 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 that practice CD home and, and rehearse their part. Sometimes with the vowel sounds and the cutoffs, it may be a little bit difficult with the practice CD, but just to teach them their parts, to keep them motivated on learning the song, we'll send home a CD or uh, email them an MP3 as well. Uh, but uh, communication um, is really going to be a help as um, you prepare, and then also just diligence in the rehearsal itself. And then number three, a humble spirit. A, give God the honor and glory for a successful performance. Whether it's you playing the piano, you playing for someone to sing, uh, you singing, or you helping prepare a group or organizing, organizing a specialist sing. Give God the honor and glory for a successful performance. Um, a friend of mine who works on this campus, Brother Gabriel, when I'll go up to Brother Rule after Sunday school and I'll tell him what a blessing his lesson was. And, and Jennifer Iron, his, uh, his design, uh, Adult Bible class at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. And I'll say, hey, that lesson was a blessing. And he's got a lot of good lessons, great illustrations. He's always prepared. And I'll say that first thing out of the night, praise the Lord. You know, kind of way, praise the Lord, just like that. And it's just out of habit. And it ought to be a habit with us too, right? And it's okay to express a heart of gratefulness. Thank you for the encouragement. Praise the Lord. It ought to just be natural. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Say it again. Praise, Praise the Lord. Lord. Yeah. And it's not nothing sarcastic about it, but that's why we did it in the first place. Yeah. We did it to praise Him. Okay? Man, that was a really difficult offertory. You didn't miss a note. There were 100,000. Praise the Lord. 
Um, we must have taught Sarah Voschel something well because she was the one who played at ABC with the, uh, with the orchestra. And I don't know if she caught it, but after the con her part of the concert, during the intermission, she had a, maybe a seven-minute piece. It was, uh, oh, what was it? It was in G minor by, uh, was it Mendelssohn? I don't remember now. I have it written down. But uh, after she played that piece, and it sounded amazing in that concert hall, she's playing on a nine-foot Steinway piano, she didn't make a single mistake. And I'm like, whoa, she's good. You know that moment when you realize, uh, I'll never be that good. <laughs> so, and I taught her for four years, and I was like, whoa. You know, and I told her during the intermission, I was there um, and with her brother Stephen, we had rushed there after the Easter musical. Mrs. Demergio was there, brother George, and a few others from the church listening to her. And I said, great job, sir. I said, you didn't miss a single note. You know, she said, praise the Lord. I was like, whoa, that's awesome. That's great. She probably didn't. You know, it was a good habit that she formed now. And that heart of humility. Okay? Don't, hey, you and I, that's, that's one thing don't pray for, right? There are a lot of things to pray for. Don't pray for God to humble you. <laughs> okay? And don't pray for patience. <laughs> Lord, teach me patience. Not a good prayer. Don't pray for, but Lord, I pray that I'll just keep myself humble. Keep you first. Keep you in the front. All right. There's a song. How many of you heard the song "Hide Me Behind the Cross"? I was thinking that Sunday with that cross right there. I was like, oh, "Yeah, there's a cross right there, hide me behind the cross." You know. Um, but we ought to ask the Lord to do that. Okay. Give Him the honor and glory. Give Him all the credit for a successful performance. Um, deflect the praise back to Him because that's why we're doing it in the first place. We want His blessing. And then B, consider writing out your arrangements so others can be blessed. Um, that was one thing that uh, encouraged me when I was in high school. We would have penciled out arrangements of different songs we would sing in ensemble. And it wasn't all of them. Time to time, we'd have a penciled out arrangement. It was a song called Joshua and uh, that we did. It was penciled out by our music director. And that was always fun to sing those arrangements because we knew those were his arrangements. Um, or it may have been a, a, a song a song he wrote that I believe Pastor Joe Brown's going to sing for a youth conference that your presence come out with me. And uh, my music director wrote that song. And I remember seeing the one of the original copies of that song. Cool, that's great. I want to sing that one because he wrote that one. That means something to me. You know? And that's special. And, and when you can write out an arrangement, maybe for one of your students, hey, that's special to them. Um, it was special to hear the college choir sing a song that one of the students wrote um, just a few weeks ago. And that blessed my heart. That was awesome. And I, I think that's what the Bible's talking about when it says sing to him a new song. Something that's fresh. Something that's maybe even sometimes a little more testimonial where you know the person writing it. Can you imagine? Okay. Um, being in David's court and, and knowing the guy who wrote all those songs, that's incredible, right? And I know David made some mistakes. Sure, he made some mistakes. But there had to be something special about knowing the person who wrote those songs. And obviously the Holy Spirit gave him words of those songs, okay? And that's part of the Bible that we have. But um, it can be a special encouragement uh, to someone else if you write out your arrangement. All of a sudden, your arrangement doesn't just stay with you. Others can use it and they can be blessed. Um, had the opportunity just earlier this week, and I don't have a whole lot of arrangements, but I emailed a few to someone. I wrote a note to a young man who just started piano lessons and encouraged him today. But sometimes a word of encouragement or something like that can go a long way. You know, there's some students, for those of you in the college, there's some students in Lancaster Baptist School who look up to you. They see you playing the piano, Zach. They see you playing the piano for a group. And there are some that sit in our high school, in our junior high and elementary, and I know a few in the elementary who would watch you play and say, I want to play like just like him. I want to be just like him when I rest scary, isn't it? Mm -hmm. A student at Lancaster Baptist School, I want, to be, I want to be just like you. And they do. And they don't know us and our faults and our failures, but they want to serve the Lord. They see us 
preparing a special and singing to the Lord, and what's it make them want to do? Serve the Lord. Okay? And that goes back to purpose, doing it with the right purpose and with the right heart. And I pray, and it's nothing, hey, it's nothing that can just be that should be over our heads as far as the thing of worship. And and, and worshiping in song isn't the only way to worship the Lord. But when I think of worship, many times I just think of someone who's alone. They might be alone in their room, alone in a car, alone in an office. Bible opened up, reading, and thanking the Lord for salvation. Thanking the Lord for the opportunity that we have to serve Him. Magnifying His name. And then telling other people about it. That's really what worship is. And long past a difficult song that someone would sing or prepare in church, long past the difficulty, okay, behind that there should be a part of worship. I've heard songs that are very, very easy. Even sometimes children perform in church. And it can be such a blessing to hear them sing. One of the easiest songs we performed this year with the high school was To Rescue a Sinner Like Me. It wasn't a hard song. But when those kids performed that song at the Heritage Festival in Anaheim, and there were hundreds of teenagers from other schools who weren't saved, and you could look at them and know they weren't saved. But our kids, I think, I think the light turned on. When our kids were up on those rides, were singing to rescue a sinner like me as our opening song, saying that one, honored, glorified, exalted, and the song called People of God. When we sang to rescue a sinner like me, those other teenagers, their eyes were glued. Teenagers whose choirs really in the schools were larger and better than ours. But when they heard those kids sing that, like they meant it. And I'm telling you, the whole trip was worth it when a lady came up who's one of the adjudicators. And she was talking to the choir, and they have about 10 minutes where they can kind of coach you on some battle sounds and different things. She said, I just want to start out by saying, you guys sang that song. I could tell you. That's what she said. I'll take that any day of quality. I don't want to have to choose. We want the quality too. That was worth it all. That's why we do what we do. And we need to do it with the spirit of excellence. And I believe the fact that they not only sang with passion, but they did it with the spirit of excellence. That administered to some people there who needed that. I'm sure there were some saved people there. The lady who adjudicated us said that she was a Christian. But there were some unsaved people there who just needed to hear the gospel. Don't forget the reason that we do it for. You can go out in the entertainment industry, okay, and do it with them, go record a soundtrack for a movie, all right, go do a concert. Yeah, that's that's great. But what we do has eternal value. Because it's who we're doing it for, right? Heard one guy say one time about where he works, he said, It's not about where you work, it's about who you're working for. It's really true. But we're up there preparing that song. It's about who we're doing it for. 
It could be in a nursing home with 20 people. It could be in a college chapel with hundreds. But it's about who you're doing it for. That's what matters with us. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you that you give us the opportunity to worship you, Lord. When you could have the angels worship you, Lord, who aren't sinners, but Lord, you chose us, sinful man. Lord, you redeemed us, Lord, and you give us the opportunity to praise and to worship and to lift up your name. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to uh, grab a hold of the fact that what we do in the service with music is more important and has more eternal value than just entertainment. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to do it with a humble spirit. I pray that we would do it and be prepared, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that most importantly, that we would worship you from our heart with a pure heart. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.